following program is brought to you by NTCA, the Rural Broadband Association. This is the Smart Rural Communities Podcast, conversations with communities bringing high-speed internet to small-town America, enhancing quality of life, jump-starting economic growth, improving education, and keeping rural Americans healthy. Hello, everyone. This is a podcast about rural communities building a brighter future for small-town America and the people who make it happen. I'm Shirley Bloomfield, Chief Executive Officer of NTCA, the Rural Broadband Association, and welcome to Episode 3 of our podcast. We launched the Smart Rural Communities podcast in February with the intent to produce one episode per month, but in mid-March, our world changed and our focus shifted from telling stories about rural communities using technology to helping rural Americans get and stay online during the COVID-19 pandemic. 2020 is certainly a year that will live in the history books. Our world has been rocked by a pandemic that has shaken us to our very core. We've adapted quickly to quarantine, isolation, and even rising job loss across our country. And as we all know, connections matter now more than ever. Broadband matters more now than ever. And it's become a lifeline for our communities to the world at large. The commitment of small community-based broadband providers to keep the internet lights on for their communities is second to none. We estimate that perhaps more than half of the signers of FCC Chairman Aji Pai's pledge to keep Americans connected are NTCA members, more than any other group. And in numerous cases, our members have gone above and beyond the terms of the pledge. I've heard countless stories of innovative ways NTCA members, especially our smart rural communities, are responding to the call to get and keep their customers connected. From creating broadband in a box, to offering drive-up Wi-Fi connectivity in public areas, to enabling service upgrades for families working and learning from home, our members truly reflect what it means to be locally driven. Many of you have also reached out to ask me about the health of NTCA, our staff, and the future of the association. The NTCA community is active and stronger than ever, and we're well positioned to stay focused on the needs of our members as we transition many of our in-person meetings to virtual events, and we ramp up our advocacy in the virtual halls of Congress and over at the FCC. Over the past few weeks, I've had the opportunity and privilege to share these smart rural community stories with both journalists and government officials, including in my testimony to the Senate Commerce Committee in mid-May. On this episode, we meet three members of our Smart Rural Communities Program and hear their stories during the COVID-19 pandemic. NTCA Digital Communications Manager, Seth Johnson, had an inspirational discussion with Keith Holden, the CEO of ATMC in Shalote, North Carolina, Casey Peck, the General Manager of Kelowna Cooperative Technology Company in Kelowna, Iowa, and Joan Schwartz, the Chief Marketing Officer of Polar Communications in Park River, North Dakota. Here's Seth. Thank you everyone for joining us today on the Smart Rural Communities Podcast. If we could just go around and have introductions, your name and uh, where you're from and uh, the name of your Smart Rural Community. Hi, this is Keith Holden. I'm the CEO of ATMC. We're located in Shalote, North Carolina on the Southeast coast of North Carolina. Hi, I'm Casey Peck. I am the GM CFO of Kelowna Cooperative Technology Company. We're located in Kelowna, Iowa, which is in the southeast corner of Iowa. 
And I am Joan Swartz. I am the Chief Marketing Officer at Polar Communications, and Polar is located in Park River, North Dakota, which is located in the far northeast corner of the state. Great. Thank you. Um, how has your status as a smart rural community prepared your company to respond to this crisis? This is Keith. I would say first and foremost, you know, having a modern broadband infrastructure allowed us uh, to immediately send the majority of our employees to work from home. Uh, this included our call center and support staff and them having reliable and fast internet at their home allowed us to stay in contact with our customers throughout this crisis. This is Casey, and I would say that probably the biggest thing is that it showed our community that we are a part of, of the community. So we found that a major, a lot of our small businesses and even our consumers that quickly had to start working from home, they actually called us and asked us, you know, all for their networking needs, their communication needs. What do we need? And we were able to provide a really solid explanation and what they needed and they we actually saw them utilizing our technology stores our retail stores um, we had a little drop box and drop area and drop box area so uh, we were able to get them what they needed as far as technology in addition to providing not only their bandwidth needs but also um, their technology needs as well this is joan i would say that um that we were prepared for this crisis because we had a really aggressive fiber overbuild and um, we were done with our fiber project quite a few years ago. And our the, the biggest demand that we had was we wanted to work with the schools because there were several students that did not have broadband access to continue learning virtually. And um, we worked closely with all of our superintendents and schools and um, we worked with them for two weeks straight, getting these students that didn't have broadband access, access um, service to their homes. And because of COVID and restrictions, we had to be creative in doing that. Um, we created a broadband on a board. So we put all the equipment mounted on a board so our technicians could hand it to the customer. They could basically plug it in and our technicians would walk them through the install and setup. Um, that was probably the the biggest way that we were prepared because we found that that was the biggest need besides um, customers that did need to work from home and needed um, broadband access and needed fiber. And at this point, we are a few months into uh, the pandemic and the impacts of the virus. Um, what sorts of things are you all hearing from your customers in your communities in terms of what impacts the virus is having on them? This is Keith. We've seen a, uh, that our business community has been deeply impacted. Uh, the state and local restrictions for many of them were forced to shut down. Um, you know, it's had a huge impact to them. Also, our local economies uh, highly dependent on tourism. And so with stay-at-home orders, we haven't, you know, had the, the tourists in our area like we normally would this time of the year. And unfortunately, these types of businesses are very seasonal, so if they miss the summer tourist season, you know, it can quickly put them out of business. So we've worked hard with them to, where possible, reduce cost. In many cases, we've come up with plans that, you know, froze the service they had or, or the charges or reduced it up to 90% so we could 
help them you know, stay in business if possible. This is Casey, and we've also seen a lot of the same concerns as Keith has. Uh, we have seen that already one business has announced their closure because of the the impacts of being closed for over eight weeks um, or some of those businesses being closed for over eight weeks. Um, but in the same aspect, we've also seen a really amazing thing that I think I feel like because they had the capability uh, to increase speeds or have the same speeds as when they were in business before, maybe they weren't using the speed that they were allowed. And so now what they're doing, we've seen a lot of our small businesses take it online. Uh, we've seen them do Facebook live events and sell product and ship it to the customer or have a drop off curbside pick up and drop off. Uh, we've really seen our a lot of our restaurants going to online ordering um, with some delivery, some pickup. So we're super proud of them for like embracing the technology and using it more than ever. What I've also heard is that some people said, oh, you know what, this is working so well and we've sold more product in some of those areas because we've done it online and maybe other some people don't get to our stores when, we, when our hours are open, that we are gonna continue this long-term so that more people have access to the products that we have and they feel really good about that. Um, another of our concerns is we're in a large agricultural community, and so obviously with the plant closures and some of those things, the some of the packing houses are closed around here, and that's going to really drive some of the um, agricultural businesses. So we are concerned about long-term some of those, but with um, precision agriculture also, I do feel like it's going to help them so that they have less operating costs as far as some of those things. We've seen precision agriculture really take a turn in the last several years around here. And as people implement that in their, in their um, farming operations, I think that long-term, while it could have really affected it a few years ago, I feel it's going to help them hopefully stay operating as a farm operation in the future. Um, this is Joan. Um, I would agree with Casey. I I'm pretty proud to be from our state um, during this, um, being a very small and pretty rural area in North Dakota. Um, we didn't, we're pretty isolated. We don't have a lot of metropolitan areas. So um, the first case didn't happen till probably one of the last states. Um, our, our local communities have been very committed to the local economies, supporting each other, support, supporting local grocery stores. It's kind of amazing because you go to a big box store or, um, or a big retailer and you can't find some of the things that were flying off the shelves, but they could be found at a local grocery store. So um, being creative, helping each other and um, being committed to um, our governor's orders. I, I think that the impacts on us have not been um, as bad as they could have been. Great. And with the limited demand that some businesses have been experiencing either because they've had to close or reduce their hours, it seems that broadband access is a demand that consumers are taking up to an even greater degree. So what have your companies um, been doing to help respond to this demand? whether it's connecting people without access or upgrading the speed, or how have you been able to keep people connected? Even prior to the FCC Keep Americans Connected pledge, we uh, 
ended our disconnect process. Uh, since then, we've uh, signed off on that pledge and we've extended it uh, recently to June 30th, as the FCC requested. Uh, in addition to that, we offered a two months of free broadband service to households with uh, school-age students or college students that didn't currently have broadband. And as part of that, we did over 600 installs um, adding broadband to students who didn't have it. Uh, so we were excited to be able to help out in that process. And the fact that we have broadband in the area and was able to get to them and get it turned up, um, we were happy to be able to serve. Uh, because we had good broadband in our area, we were also able to go to two surrounding counties that lacked good service. And we installed wireless access points in school parking lots, working with the county school systems to um, to try to give access to as many people as we possibly could, including those that weren't in our service area, territory. Uh, recently, we've been uh, working with the schools uh, as they plan the graduation process. And so we've been involved and we'll uh, work on recording the graduation uh, services and help produce DVDs um, for the different schools so the kids can you know, have as good experience as they possibly can. So we too um, created a, a package for our school children that did not have access to broadband previously and we're happy to provide that at no cost for the time being and our schools are winding down by June 1st and so you know at that time we'll disconnect the service um, unless they want to keep it over the summer if they have some summer classes or whatever that they need to do online and we're happy to be able to provide that service um, but we also are looking to the fall because we feel like maybe there's going to be a progressive uh, start to the school year. And so we'll again turn that back on if they if we do have something like that where learning has to be done from home. Um, we also did gave all of our customers a free upgrade to the next speed packages uh, during this time. And so that has really allowed more and more people to work from home. And actually we've heard a lot of people that may want to work from home full time and their businesses are accommodating to that. So we're excited about that. Um, and kind of with that, one of the a statistic that I think is interesting, when we were preparing for um, a board meeting, we found that our usage has gone up 28%. Uh, and so for a small town, that I feel is pretty dynamic number. Um, and obviously, it's more the upload speed. So you can tell that people are using it not just for dreaming and that type of thing. They're actually using it to work from home and using it for what, using it for what we've wanted to them to work um, use for a long time. Um, we also have done a lot of the created videos so that we could do more installs so that our our employees stay safe as well as the consumer staying safe. And so we did a bunch of um, videos to so customers could do their own installs and then we get on FaceTime or Zoom or something and finish it if they show them what they need to do if there was a problem or whatever. So just um, again, providing as much as we can to our the to what our consumers need. We did a lot of the same things as Keith and Casey as a company. Um, we had a free upgrade to customers um, till the end of May if they wanted to increase their broadband um, package. And then um, 
We also worked with our businesses. We provide a lot of hosted PBX systems. So we help them transition their employees to work from home with their phones mostly. Um, We did a lot of work with our schools. Um, We did also provide uh, the free install and assisted install to students without broadband. And we gave two months free service to those students. Um, We also continued to work with the superintendents um, to make sure everyone was connected We work with some of their um, IT people on getting their own business staff set up with VPNs at home and getting them broadband as well. Um, We we have um, eight school channels within our service territory, territory, and it's pretty small. It's almost all all of our schools, but um, the schools have a class with this program, and the students in the class provide all the content, and then they up- upload it to our cable TV system. And so we've been working with them so they can do live streaming of their graduations on their channels. Um, a couple of them are doing a live prom parade, um, trying to be creative to help them with some of those things. Um, we've also worked with their network administrators. Um with students that live outside of our exchange area and they cannot get broadband um, looking into hotspots or um, access points that they can utilize. Like Khajiit is a, is a uh, product that some of the schools use to provide Wi-Fi on school buses. And so they decided to purchase some of those to get access to students that were outside of our service territory. Um, I think working closely with the schools has has been a big part of of our two months and making sure that the students had broadband access. It was it was hard for everyone. Um, I think working from home and teaching your kids at the same time is probably one of the biggest challenges we've heard about. Yeah, I just follow up with that. I think Casey mentioned, uh, you know, having the faster upload speeds and how it's seen the uptick in that. And I think having the networks that support, you know, symmetrical speeds or, or faster uploads are really important right now. You know, I have three young kids at home in second, fourth, and sixth grade. And each morning, you know, my wife sets them up in three different rooms and we have three different laptops and they're all doing Zoom classroom work at the same time. And, you know, having a broadband connection that allows that's important. Yeah, I would agree with that. We've um, actually assisted some of the teachers as well. They, you know, they're learning um, a lot of technology because some require Zoom classes while others just look at content that they can download. And, you know, we we help them troubleshoot some of their students and their homes um, to make sure that they can um that they have fast enough speeds and they're, you know, if they have too many on at one time and what they can do to maximize um, their experience. I'll just add in too that I feel like not only that's totally true with all of our students, but we find it in our elderly population because they're, they are shut off to anybody from the outside coming in. And it's been really amazing to see some of our, some of our employees showing elderly people, okay, on a video, this is how you do, this is how you do Zoom, or this is how you do FaceTime or whatever. So they can actually communicate with their families, even though they they can't see them in person, they feel like they're a part of it. And it's really helped some of the mental health of some of our elderly to be able to 
join their families online and not just be in the nursing home by themselves um, for a long extended period of time. I may need some of those um, tutorials your people have been putting together because I've been dealing with my parents and many of their technical questions from states away, which is is complicated. With some of the um, new features that you all have rolled out or increased speeds, do you think that a lot of your customers, if they weren't using increased speeds before, or if they maybe didn't utilize as many of your services, do you think once this pandemic is over, do you think many of them will want to incorporate that into their, I guess, new normal in terms of what they subscribe to you for? I believe that's the case. I think already we've seen a lot of the small businesses that are, our business service group works with has reached out to us where they've had hosted uh, PBX solutions and, and maybe they've been using some of the functionality, but you know, they've realized that they have access to, to solve phones and that they can work remotely. And so we've been uh, you know, busy helping them use aspects of the product that they already had. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, everyone working remotely has, made them appreciate more uh, what we bring to the table. I agree too with Keith that definitely we've seen it that I think people knew it before what we were offering and then and the solid network that we had in place but I don't think they understood what it all totally meant as much as we tried to get out there and say what it meant I don't think that they totally understood the meaning of it and now they know the meaning of it because many people even five six miles away from us don't have access to good broadband service and that has definitely been detrimental to them working from home and maybe had to go on um, unemployment and so and those type of things but our our residents can actually get that speed so they're working from home and doing new things that they haven't done before and just truly relying on us as a technology resource which is exciting for us because that's what we wanted for a long time and again i think they realized it before but i think it enhanced the knowledge or enhanced the opportunity for us to really be that expert in the area and again just having a solid network in place is just so important for that Um, i think from a business standpoint, like I said before, just them using it for shopping online, having updating their website so they can shop on their website, doing Facebook Live, that type of thing. So this really, it's encouraging for me to see that, yeah, even in these small communities, we can use that technology just like the big cities and we can be techno and just like them. So it's encouraging for me to see that. And I think it'll definitely continue long term. I think that, um, you know, it went as we were building out fiber and, you know, we, we made a big deal about it. And I, I think people thought, wow, you're really growing. Um, and really, we were just busy upgrading everyone to fiber and talking about the importance and the longevity of, of what fiber will do for a business and a residential customer. And um, <clears throat> it almost took this pandemic to make people realize how important having that fiber connection is. I think so many people rely on their cellular wireless devices um, because when they go home at the end of the day, a lot of people don't want to, you know, they want to stream TV. So that takes some bandwidth, but they don't want to work from home or they don't want to have to. Um, but having so many people in their home, it's like they're running their own little business. And I agree. I think that they realize that, wow, we, we have 
this in our community, and we're pretty fortunate to have it. I, th- I think there's a lot of scrambling in other places that we've seen and heard about, and um, it kind of it kind of seals the deal for us. Great, and going along with with all of that, what aspects um, of being a smart rural community do you think are particularly valuable at this time? I think really the the work required to be considered a smart rural community certainly allowed us to be better prepared for this. Uh, having the fiber infrastructure in place, you know, our communities, we've made them aware of it. They have actually promoted themselves as smart rural communities. But when needed, uh, you know, our count, local county called us and said, you know, we're sending all our employees to work home. We need you to increase the bandwidth into our data center to handle that traffic. It was just a matter of us going in and changing some settings and you know, immediately they had the extra speed they needed. Um, so I feel, you know, receiving the recognition of the smart rural community provider really is acknowledging the hard work that we've put in and the investments we've done in the communities we serve. In fact, actually, uh, this week there was an article in PC Mag online that listed Shalote as one of 15 small towns in the U.S. with fast internet access for remote workers. I agree with um, Keith that definitely the brand, just saying Smart Rural Community, brings enhancement and enlightenment to people that maybe don't under, didn't understand what ha- having access to broadband previously, what it meant. Uh, we see right now that our housing economy is continues to go through the roof. And some of the things that we've heard is that we often will have people call us and say, do you have service to this location or that location? Because if you don't, I'm not going to buy a house there and I'm not going to move from Iowa City or I am moving from Iowa City, which is a much larger town than Kelowna, because you, because I can get access to broadband. We have a a young gentleman uh, entrepreneur that was working, providing um, some work for, for Apple, and he was working from home. He actually moved from the larger city to Kelowna into an apartment because he could do app development for Apple from his home because we he had access to um, gig. And he said, I couldn't get that in Iowa City, but not only that, but I didn't have the reliability that I have. So I can depend on you day in and day out to not my services not to go out, which again, just goes back to having a fiber network and the infrastructure in place so that we can provide that to our customers. Um, I also think that it puts the tools in the hands of our businesses so that we can continue to grow and we have a vibrant downtown economy um, where others around us are struggling. Uh, we have some businesses that come in and say, wow, we can do this. And again, I can go, I can put my product online where in my other town, I couldn't do that because I had access to broadband. So, um, and then even for our nursing homes, like I talked about a little bit before is for our local channel is just providing an opportunity for them to stream to our local channels, their church services, their workout classes, that type of thing, so that those members of that retirement community can still be a part of it, um, even though they can't be face-to-face or within that six-fit businesses, but um, they can still do those things and from the convenience of their own 
apartments or cottages um, and still be a part of that community, which is really important. Um, so I feel like that word smart rural community, we know they know that we're a part of the community. We aren't just out there selling the services, we're living it ourselves. We're utilizing those services in our communities and showing it to them. So they in turn will use it, use more of the technology and more of that network um, for what they're doing. I agree I with Casey and um, Keith. I think that when we um, were awarded the Smart Rural Community Award in 2015, it seems like a long time ago, but the first thing that we wanted to do is, you know, we we're proud and we want to um, toot our own horn. And um, we put a packet together that we mailed um, all of our mayors and our communities that had the Smart Rural Community Road sign and all the information. And it reminded us that we need to build and keep relationships with our cities and keep them informed um, of what we do and what we can help them bring to their communities as far as um, companies that need access and they need a lot of bandwidth. Um, they need people that have technology in their communities and um, to enhance all their services. And it just, I mean, it gives us a connection to leaders in all of our communities. And I think, you know, we, we do use the smart rural community symbol in our um, email signatures on all of our trucks, on all of, all of our education pieces and our sales pieces, just to kind of remind ourselves and to show people that we're serious about this and um, we want to keep this status up. What would you want other NCCA members to know about the Smart Rural Community Program? Um, not everyone is a member currently. And, you know, as they're looking at what they're doing right now to serve their communities um, and, and looking at gaining this recognition, why should they join? I think the communities that we are associated with, that we've provided a Smart Rural signage to, have been very appreciative is, is something they're proud of. Uh, it's, I think, just like Casey and Joe may have said that, you know, something we advertise, we have, you know, the logo on our vans, we have it as you come into our facility and, and we've provided it signs to the town. So I think it's, it's something to be proud of. And, you know, if they've done the work to qualify for it, it's certainly worth uh, acknowledging it. I think a lot of times it's cooperative. We're not used to, to bragging on ourselves too much, but, you know, compared to a lot of other communities, I think we have reason to be proud. I agree with Keith. Definitely. Um, just having that status of a smart rural community, our city really embraced it. And we're like, wow, we can, we can really use this. And our realtors have used it to say, hey, we have we have a structure in place, infrastructure in place to sell houses. That's a huge selling feature. And so for us, we've seen it from a business perspective, but then also in addition to the residential perspective, just to say, hey, um, businesses come come join us and have be an entrepreneur in this community because you have the services you need and the infrastructure in place to be successful. Um, so I think that it really brought to light some of the people around us that don't have that smart rural community to say, hey, we need to think about doing this. It's a lot of work, but at the same time, we're doing these things or maybe we aren't doing these things and should be doing these things. So 
And again, we don't brag enough about what we're doing in the communities and what we're offering to our schools and businesses, as well as our residential customers. And so this gave us the opportunity to kind of put it all together in a package and say, yeah, we are doing this, but we don't brag about it enough and we need to brag about it a little bit more. I would say that I would want other NTCA member companies to know that, um, you know, if they join and and become a member of Smart Road Community, they will be in great company. Um, We talk about our robust networks, um, which we should all be very, very proud of. I I just think we've come so far in a very small amount of time. But it's the social network that we've built across the states and our country that really make us strong. That's excellent. Can I add one more thing too? Um, I just feel like the other thing is just the resources that are available to us, being a smart rural community member and also being an NTCA member is second to none. Just having access to Shirley and all the her employees is just such a valuable asset to us so that we can continue to grow and get better every day as well. Well, thank you all for the work that you're doing out there um, for communities across the nation, especially in these times where so much is changing and um, so many people are having to adapt how they live and work. Um, keep up the good work. And for everyone else, this is the Smart Rural Communities Podcast. See you next time. Thanks, Seth. As we continue to manage through the COVID-19 pandemic, these encouraging stories from smart rural communities across the U.S. give me so much hope in these difficult times. If there's a silver lining from this crisis, it's certainly that rural broadband is front and center now more than ever. Our members are working hard to keep rural Americans connected in innovative and community-minded ways, and they're ready to connect many more. That is the spirit of smart rural communities. I encourage all NTCA members who are not currently involved with the Smart Rural Communities Program to connect with us on social media, email, telephone, even FaceTime to learn more. Or you can visit our website at ntca.org smart. Think how powerful it would be to see a map of 850 smart rural communities across the country, especially as we have the opportunity to see the rebirth of rural America. Thanks to our listeners and to our members for all you do.